Test one, two. Okay, here we are. Do we have to have these lights, uh, Daniel? I didn't bring my sunglasses. <laughs> All right, good afternoon. Um, here I am with my wife, Helen, and I'm George from Singapore. Um, thanks for that introduction. I was on my way in, so I don't know if I heard it all, but I used to work for an oil company uh, way back in the 70s, and that's the first time uh, why I came to Indonesia was I was working for an oil exploration company that had a contract with Pertamina in those days. And uh, yeah, so I've been to a few places like Kalimantan, Jakarta, Palembang, just to look at the oil fields. And I was based in Singapore at that time. Then the best thing that happened to me was I got saved in way back in uh, 1979. And then the Lord called me into full-time ministry in 1982. And I've been serving God full-time since that time. I was pastoring in Singapore uh, for some 12 years. And then uh, after that, the Lord called me to go travel to the nations with my wife. And I've been doing that for the last uh, how many years since 94. Uh, except for the last two and a half years uh, <laughs> because of COVID. And here we are again, back in Indonesia. So we're glad to be here. Uh, I have some roots here. My grandpa and my dad came from Banjamasin, you know, and I was born in Singapore. So somehow there's a connection somewhere, and I'm glad for that. So here we are. All right. Uh, can you go with me, please, this uh, afternoon? <clears throat> to uh, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I understand there's someone here from uh, Singapore also. Gerald, are you here, Gerald? I was told, where were you? All right, can you come and say hi to me later? Huh? I'd like to find out what's a Singaporean doing in Smarang. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, <clears throat> so COVID came. And uh, two and a half years, and it, it's still around, uh, hasn't gone away. Uh, they say it's milder, but who knows? And uh, during this time, I was really asking the Lord, what's going on? That's my first, first question, what's going on? And then my next question was, how long is this going to last? And, um, but I'll just talk about the first question I asked the Lord. Is it, what's going on here? And uh, I felt he said, this is the last days. Uh, Jesus spoke in Matthew 24 about the last days. He gave some signs. He said, these are the signs that you will know that we're living in the last days. The first time Jesus came 2,000 years ago was to save this world, to save mankind. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the first time he came. He came to save the next time Jesus comes back uh, is to judge this world. And so, <laughs> the first time is good, huh? come to save the world, but the second time to judge the world is a scary thing. And hey, sound guys, can I, hear, can, I, can I hear myself a little bit more on the monitor here? Because uh, I just kind of almost lost my voice in the first meeting in Puri because I couldn't hear myself. Can I have more monitor, please? Test one, two, three. Sorry for this. Still can't hear myself. I'm hearing the house sound, but I'm not hearing through the monitors. Test one, two, three. 
test. <laughs> One, two, three. Still not hearing. My, okay, I'm getting it now. The monitors. Thanks, guy. So, uh, as I was saying, um, yeah, he's coming back. Jesus is coming back to <clears throat> judge this world. And, uh, and he said, these are the signs you will know. You won't know the day nor the hour that he comes back. He'll come like a thief in the night, unannounced. But he says you can tell from certain signs, and these are some of the signs he gave. He said you'll, you'll, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Right now we've got going a war right now in Ukraine. And then there's a civil war right now in, uh, uh, what's that place called? Myanmar. You've got a rumor of war, uh, Taiwan, China. It's okay, I can hear myself now, thanks. Uh, Taiwan, China, rumor of war. And he said earthquakes in various places, earthquakes in various places, famines, and then pandemics. <laughs> and we had a big pandemic. Uh, it's not gone, it's still around. And uh, so these are some of the signs, all right? And so I felt the Lord say, we're living in the last days. Then my next question to him was, uh, well, I hear people say, some people, preaching about the last days, they say, well, the last days is just around the corner. It's going to start soon because of what we see now, you know, uh, around the world. And, and some people say, um, well, it just, just started. But I asked the Lord, I said, you tell me when the last days is going to begin. And then he spoke to me from Acts chapter 2, which is what I want to share with you. This is the account of the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Jerusalem. And there were 120 disciples of Jesus Christ all uh, bunched up together in a prayer meeting and the Holy Spirit just fell on them. And it was an amazing thing. There was a sound like a rushing wind blew through the place and then there were like tongues of fire upon each one of the, over the heads of each one of the 120 people that were praying there. And then what happened was that sound attracted a crowd that came just to check this thing out and say, what's going on here? All right. So when a large crowd, Acts chapter 2, verse 4, when a large crowd was coming together and those from the various cities, hey, sorry, I'm giving you the wrong, <laughs> let's look at Acts chapter 2. I hit the wrong link. All right. Acts chapter 2, verse 15. So Peter stands up to explain what's going on. All right, there's this loud noise, 120 people praying at the top of their voices in a, in a room. And they're like tongues of fire over all 120 of them. So a crowd came and then, uh, let's look at verse, verse, So some people said, hey, what's going on here? You know, we hear these Jewish guys speaking in our language, you know, and, and it's not just babbling, but they're praising God in our language. And these are Jewish guys. They've never spoke, uh, never been schooled in, in our language. So how is it that these guys are praising God? And so, uh, but some others in the crowd just dismissed the whole thing and said, ah, oh, they're just a bunch of drunks, you know, drank some cheap wine and just talking nonsense. And then Peter takes advantage of that situation. And Peter straight away says, uh, he took his stand with 11, raised his voice, and then he said, this is in verse 14, 
Men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose. You suppose, you think, your opinion. All right? These are drunk. But I'm telling you, uh, they're not drunk as you suppose, for this is only third hour of the day, which is nine o'clock in the morning. All right? But this is, now he explains, this is what you're hearing, what you're seeing. This is what was uh, spoken of through the prophet Joel. This, what you hear, what you see, uh, was prophesied, predicted hundreds of years ago before this day. See that? This looks new to you, sounds new to you, spectacular, but I'm telling you, God spoke through his prophet Joel a few hundred years ago that this would happen. And this is happening right now. See, so he links this incident to way back several hundred years ago when Joel prophesied. And then he quotes Joel's prophecy. And he said, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And he quotes, It shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men will dream dreams, even on my bond slaves, both men and women. I will in those days pour forth of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will grant uh, wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that anyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. <clears throat> so he says that. What you're seeing now, what you're hearing now, is new to you, but it's not new to God. God predicted, God prophesied through Joel that this is going to happen. And it's happening right now. And then he quotes what Joel said, In the last days, I will pour forth my spirit. So you know what? The last days began on the day of Pentecost. See, in the last days, I'll pour forth my spirit. And the spirit was poured forth on that day in Jerusalem, in that prayer room. And that was the beginning of the last days. So God answered my question, when's the last days? Going to start. Started, man. 2,000 years ago. Now, here's the thing. If the last days of this planet started 2,000 years ago, then what is 2022 today? 14th of what? August 2022. Somebody want to answer me? What makes it? What is today then? If the last days was 2,000 plus years ago, we're living in what days now? Someone want to speak to me? It's okay, no right, no wrong. We're living, folks, in the last of the last days. In the last days began 2,000 years ago. We're living in the last of the last days. In other words, this world doesn't have much time left. Mm -mm. Doesn't have much time left. People get ready. 
Church, get ready. Get your family ready. Get your friends ready. Get your neighborhood ready. Get your country ready. Get your city ready. Because Jesus is coming soon. All right. Let me move on. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Sorry, Hebrews 1, verse 1 and 2. And then Hebrews 2, verse 1. Hebrews 1, verse 1 and 2, and Hebrews 2, verse 1. All right. Now it starts off like this. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. God, comma, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways. So Joel was just one of the prophets that God spoke through. All right. God spoke through many prophets in many ways throughout the Old Testament period, those hundreds of years, thousands of years, all right? God spoke. But, verse 2, in these last days, He has spoken to us in His Son. Doesn't mean God doesn't speak through prophets anymore, but God has brought forth the main voice of what He wants to say. And then in these last days, He's spoken in His Son. Whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. <clears throat> Jesus owns this world. Jesus owns you and he owns me. He owns us. We're not our own. <laughs> We're not our own. We don't do our own thing. He owns us. <laughs> all right. So in these last days, now look at verse 2 again. It's very interesting. In these last days, he's speaking through, our son, through his son. Now, Hebrews was written, in fact, the whole New Testament was written 2,000 plus years ago. Yeah. Matthew, Matthew Mark, James, uh, Matthew, Mark, uh, Luke, and John, and all the epistles of Paul, epistles of Peter, epistles of Jude, epistle of Jude Revelation, all written about 2,000 years ago. And it says here in Hebrews, Chapter 2, verse 1. In these last days, he has spoken to us. Well, there's two, two, just two portions that says last days. And there are some others that I don't have time to show to you. Last days. Kind of surprised me. I mean, like, like he announced, Daniel announced, I've been full-time for many years. Last days, last days, last days. Maybe coming soon. When? Don't know. But COVID was a huge wake-up call for me. I don't know about you, but it was a huge wake-up call for me. And I started getting really, really serious. Not that I wasn't serious with God before, but I started getting really, really serious to want to know the timing, what's happening, so that we can be prepared. You see. Nothing is worse than a person, you hear it's coming and you're totally unprepared. That's, that's the worst thing. When we have the Bible and we have the Holy Spirit to explain things to us. No excuse. <clears throat> Pay careful attention. So I want to take us to Luke chapter 8 this afternoon. This is the thrust of my message here. Uh, how to listen more carefully, to pay more careful attention to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Give some handles so you know what to do. <clears throat> Alright, so Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to 10. Let me just read. Luke chapter 8, verse 4. Are you, are you following me now? Am I going too fast? 
Just, just write. Get some feedback from you. It's okay. You can say. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, when a large crowd was coming together and those from various cities were journeying to Jesus, he spoke by way of a parable. Many times Jesus taught truth and he wrapped it in a story. It's amazing. I love the stories of the Bible. I love the parables. That um, God has wired human beings to learn truth through stories. And... Uh, Stories are an amazing thing. People remember stories. Uh, the two biggest, some of the two biggest uh, industries uh, that are that are story based. One is one is movies. Do you realize movies are actually a story? It's supposed to be a storyline. Uh, it's, it's a story, and people enjoy it. They pay money, good money, to to watch a story unfold. You know. Uh, people enjoyed it from very young to very old everybody can en enjoy and remember a story and the other big industry besides the movies is is music all right and music is a story put to a tune all right and so these are the two biggest industries among the great biggest industries in the world story based and so I'm saying this that we should actually enjoy reading the Bible it's stories, all right? It's a story. In fact, the big platforms uh, that we have, like Facebook and Instagram, and people communicate, you know, uh, people love talking and people love stories. That's the way God wired us. How is it that the world gets it right? It makes money out of it, buckets of money. And the church, we've got the best story and the best author and the best creative director and yet we don't enjoy the Bible. Because you see, we look at the Bible not as a story. We look at the Bible as a boring book, a historical book. You see, and we miss out. I, I read my Bible is like better than Netflix or anything else. Because this is true, man. The rest is just, uh, <laughs> just fiction. This is real. All right, just throw that out to you. All right, anyway. So he told a story, parable. And the, he, this is a story, verse 8, verse 5. The sower went out to sow his seed, and, he, and as he sowed, some felt, uh, fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate, it up, ate the seed up. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. And then other seed fell on the good soil, and growing up, and growing up, produced a crop a hundred times as great. All right, and as he said these things, he would call out, "He who has ears to hear, let him hear." So it's the same seed, and as it's scattered by the sower, you know, as he puts it in his seed bag and he flings it out like that, grabs a bunch and then he flings it out like that. Some fall. Beside the road, the hard ground, there's no soil there. Some seed falls in rocky soil, it's very thin soil. Hardly any soil, but there's a lot of stones there, probably rocks. Then some fall on, on, on ground, but as it grew, weeds also came up, up along with that, that, that wheat or whatever he was sowing. And then, then finally the best one was where the seed fell on good ground and it produced a crop a hundredfold. All right. 
And as he said, look at that. He says this, as he said these things, as he said, that means every time he's talking about the seed that fall on the good ground, I mean the bad ground, uh, the rocky ground, the, this ground, that ground, as he said it, he would say, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. So this thing is about, Luke chapter 8 is about listening well. Listen up, he says, as he was telling the story. Listen up, there's something here I'm trying to communicate with you. This is what he's saying. Alright, verse 9, his disciples, the closest to him, didn't get what he was saying. There are times I read my Bible, I don't get what God is saying. I'll be honest with you, alright? Don't, don't believe that myth that every pastor or every full-time worker reads his Bible and straight away he understands. That's a myth. <laughs> At times, I read my Bible and say, God, I don't get it. I need you to explain. I don't get it. Alright, so his disciples began questioning him as to what this parable meant. What are you saying here? I mean, on the surface, this is a story of a sower throwing seed, and some make it and some don't make it. But what's the bottom line? What are you trying to say here? And he said, to you has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. To you. Now I'm going to explain to you the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Why? Because you asked. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you'll find. And the door will be opened. See that? Listen proactively. Listen inquisitively. Don't just skim through the pages of your Bible or scroll, you know, in your iPad or your iPhone or whatever device. And just say, okay, I've done my, I've done my reading for the day. Inquisitive. Inquisitive. Proactive. See, you can read the best book you can read. You can buy on Amazon, but you, chances are you don't get to talk to the author. He's got no time for you. But this book, the Bible, is written by the Holy Spirit using men. And you can talk to Him 24 7, anytime. And you don't need Wi Fi. To talk to him any time of the day he's available he's never too tired to talk to him don't care where you are he's approachable he's contactable that's been my experience to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of god but to the rest the rest in the crowd who heard the same story just Nothing more. Nothing more. Because they never pushed in. They never pushed in and asked, what are you really saying? You know, we're living in dangerous times, honestly. Honestly. I'm here in Smarang because a friend, a good friend of mine, invited me. He's been inviting me for two years, two and a half years. Come over and have a break here. So finally, I'm able to come over and have a break. And then somehow, coming over to get a break, you know, Daniel got conscripted to preach. You know, and here I'm preaching. 
I just started my break uh, on Friday, a couple of days ago. <clears throat> but I remember speaking to my friend who invited me. <clears throat> I won't mention his name, but uh, I spoke to him some time back. Uh, it's like, I think, last year, or earlier this year. I think it was last year. I said, uh, what the Lord spoke to me last days, all right, in the signs, wars, rumors of wars, you know, uh, famines, earthquakes, pandemics. And one day, the Lord kind of like spoke to me and said, you know, people have forgotten. This is what the Lord said. People have forgotten that I predicted there will be wars and rumors of wars. See, is that everybody so focused on COVID this, COVID that? You know, it's like they forgot. Like, hey, I also spoke about wars, rumors of wars. I also spoke about famine. See, and so I told this friend of mine, an Indonesian friend, Ms. Marang, I said, hey, you know, Perang, war, coming. And he answers me, you know, because, you know, I speak Singlish. No la, we got war la, no la. No la, no war, peace la. Jesus bless la. Well, Ukraine. Ukraine. Rumor of war, Taiwan. <laughs> All it takes uh, is a mistake. All it takes is a mistake. And that missile shoots the wrong way. And you got a full-blown war on your hands. I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this to remind you what Jesus told us. Be prepared. <laughs> All right. So he said, to you it's been granted because you listen inquisitively, you're proactive. And to the rest, it's just a story. It's like, like water off a duck's back, you know, like meaningless. All right. He says, to the rest, it is like, it's in parables. It's just a story. So that seeing, they may not see. Hearing, they may not understand. And I'm hoping this group here today, in this hall, this beautiful place, that we see and we understand. And we hear and we understand. Amen? I hope so. I hope this is not just some guy breezing from Singapore, preach his sermon, and off he goes. I hope this story sticks. You'll do something about it. <clears throat> then he begins to explain, verse 11 onwards, because they asked. The parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The seed is always good. You can't produce seed. Seed is produced by God. What you have to do is sow the seed. Don't just leave it there. Nothing will happen. And the seed is the word of God. And those who have heard, those that are sown beside the road, hard ground, grass. All right? Are those who have heard that the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, that they will not believe and be saved. So see, God aims his seed at the heart. Even of those with hard hearts. Shoots that seed there. Just, it doesn't get in the ground because it's just hard. Hard surface. And the devil comes and takes it away. He's a stealer. He steals God's word. <laughs> he doesn't love God's word, but he steals God's word away from your heart. Then those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. Man, they're happy. Wow, such good news. But they have no firm root. They believe for a while. And in time of temptation, fall away. For a while, they believe. 
shallow, shallow, shallow. Shallow soil, and that seed cannot dig deep roots. Time of temptation, they fall away. What about the third kind, verse 14? The seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. It's the fourth kind. It actually produces some fruit. It says here, they go on their way and they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. They bring some fruit. They do. You can see some fruit in their lives, but they, bring that, they, they do not bring that fruit to maturity. It's like stunted. I don't know if you've seen stunted fruit on a tree, whether it's a durian or rambutan or whatever. Looks like a rambutan, looks like a durian, but uh-uh. It's not mature. It's stunted. And there are believers that are like that. Why? Choked with worries, riches, pleasures of this life. There's a new word coined now. Revenge traveling. <laughs> People are stuck in their houses. You know, for two and a half years, and suddenly they go crazy when the borders open and revenge travel, revenge makan, revenge this. Like, sudah lepas penjara. I tell you, it's a big relief for me to get out of Singapore. It's a tiny little island, like a postage stamp. But I tell you something, I'm here to preach the gospel. This is not revenge travel for me. I thank God for this opportunity to share what He's been sharing with me. And it wasn't just for me, it's for His people that He loves so much. He really loves you so much, honestly. He wants you to know the truth. And that truth has set you free. <clears throat> Lastly, verse 15, the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart. Uh-huh. These are the ones that bring fruit to maturity. Why? It's the condition of their heart. You see, God's seed has the potential to bring forth good fruit, but God needs soil to plant that seed in. And that soil is your heart and my heart. And He's looking for the right condition to plant His seed in our heart and bring, God, bring forth good fruit to His glory, not our glory. He's looking around all the time. Whose heart is available? Honest and good heart. He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for honest people. Honest in the sense like, Lord, honestly speaking, I'm struggling. Honestly, Lord, I'm worried. Honestly, Lord, I'm scared. Honestly, Lord, I don't know what the future holds for me, my kids or whatever. Honestly, Lord, some of these guys still studying. Honestly, Lord, I'm not sure. You know, will there be money? Will my parents have money to pay me through school to, until I graduate? And after that, what's going to happen to the world economy? Will I have a job? Will I get laid off if I got a job? Will my business shut down because of, you know, uh, 
what do you call it? Disruptions in, 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 in transportation, whatever, the whole thing, logistics. Honestly, Lord, I don't know, but you know. That's all God wants. He, he's not looking for, for guys that were people that are so, so like super, super faith. If there are people like that, fine. But most of us generally, we struggle. Honest and good heart. Good in the sense of good motivation. Not crooked. I've seen during these two and a half years of, of COVID, more and more commercial crime, internet crime, scammers out to make a fast buck. They don't care who they cheat as long as they, they make a fast buck. That's happening in the world. So much so now, now I want to do a simple transaction at the bank. You know, I've got to like go through hoops and hurdles, you know, to, to, to verify who I am. My own account. My phone number is not enough. My email address is not enough. Have to verify I mean, such a hassle to get a simple thing done. Aren't we in the internet age because you've got a bunch of crooks that misuse it? Honest and good heart. And then he says, hold it fast. Hold fast to the word of God and don't let go. If something is really, really precious, you hang on for dear life. If something is of no value and you're in a crisis, I tell you, you dump it. You ditch it. Hang on to that which is of real value. And then he says, and bear fruit with perseverance. Perseverance. <clears throat> we eat stuff that's from the, from the farms. We don't realize. Look at the farmer's life. Rainy weather, he goes out. Sunny weather, he goes out. The plants are in the rain and the sun. Man, they got to persevere for months before the thing can, can, can be harvested. And then we eat it. It's on our table. And we don't know the whole process. Huh. Good soil. Then he goes on, verse 16. Now, no one after lighting a lamp covers it over with a container puts it under the bed, but he puts it on a lampstand so that those who come into the house may see the light. Nothing is hidden that will not become evident, and any, nor anything secret that will not be made known and come to light. So you see, the Lord is not playing hide and seek with us. Three guesses kind of thing. No. He wants to make things so clear, so, so clear to us. It is no longer a mystery, no longer a hidden thing. But we have to push in, listen uh, proactively, and be inquisitive in your mind. You know, we, we Christians are a strange bunch of people. We come to a meeting like this and then we pray, Oh God, speak today. Oh God, please use the, the speaker. Oh God, you know, the preacher, uh, speak to us. As if God is dumb, you know, He can't speak. No, that's not the problem. God speaks all the time. As he said to Moses, if I can make your mouth, I can make you to speak. God speaks. You know what the problem is? We don't listen. Or we don't listen proactively. That's the problem. And that's why he's taking time to explain to us how to get the victory, how to break through in all of this. Listen up. 
Listen up. <laughs> All right. And this is the punchline, verse 18. I love this one. So take care how you listen. Take care how you listen. For whoever has, has what? Has taken care to listen. To him, more shall be given. To him or to her, shall, more shall be given. And, what, and whoever does not have, does not have taken care to listen, even what he thinks he has, shall be taken away from him. Wow, this one was a scary thing <laughs> for me, personal revelation. And so I'm so thankful for COVID because COVID was a really wake-up time, a big wake-up time for me personally. Because of the situation, I couldn't understand what's going on. I pressed in, I asked God, and the Lord says, all right, since you're hungry, I'll speak to you. And He may speak, and then I'll listen some more and speak some more. And I have a whole bunch of sermons that came out of two and a half years of so-called suffering. <laughs> and the part that scared me is that the one who's not taking care how they listen, even what they think they have, they'll lose it. If you've seen that movie, Dumb and Dumber, you'll understand what I mean. And I've spoken to some Christians in COVID time. Man, I hate to say this, but Dumb and Dumber. What happened to the things that they supposedly knew once upon a time? It's kind of lost. Sudalupa. All right. So listen, the, my first point is listen with an inquisitive mind. I've got to move on faster. Uh, listen with a good heart. I've just covered that. Now I want to talk about the next part, uh, Luke 8, 16 to 21. Luke 8, 16 to 21. Move on a little bit faster. So listen with an inquisitive mind, listen with a good heart. Now this third one. Uh, 16 to what? Take care how you listen. Uh, 16 to 21. All right. Look at verse 19. His mother and his brothers came to him and they were unable to get to him because of the, of the crowd. Now this is interesting. Jesus is having a meeting, he's teaching people and then his mother and brothers they're not in the crowd so they're not there to listen to jesus teach where were they i don't know but they show up at his meeting and they want to get to him because they want to tell him something they were not there to hear him teach on this important topic of listening to him and they came that day instead for him to listen to them his mother and his siblings come around that tells me something big in the family. What the issue was, I don't know. But it was a family thing. And they showed up. Yeah. <laughs> they talked to him. But they can, couldn't get close to him because of the crowd. And, and somebody said, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wishing to see you. And then he answered and said to them, my mother and my brothers are these. And then he must have pointed to the crowd that was there are these that hear the word of God and do it. So my third point, very quickly, is this. Listen with the intention to obey. Listen with the intention to obey. Listen intentionally. Listen inquisitively. Listen with a good heart. Thirdly, listen intentionally to obey. I used to be a manager way back in the day, 
And nothing's worse than you tell somebody, say, look, I need you to do five things. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. You got it? Got it. Yes, sir. I got it. And nothing happens. He listened. He remembers. He can even speak it back to you. What you want. And nothing's done. Or sometimes partially done. Why? He listened. She listened. With no real intention to do it. I wonder how many believers there are come to church every Sunday or most Sundays and they tell themselves, somebody asks them, where are you going to church? Oh, praise and worship. Oh, where are you going to church? I hang out with my friends. Where are you going to church? Hear the word of God. Maybe we should ask another question. Why do you go to church? Hear the word of God. Do you intend to do it? Do you intend to do it? To do what you hear? Do you intend to do it? Otherwise, what's the point? It's just one year in, one year out. Now, he didn't even spare his own family, mind you. You know, he didn't stop his meetings. Oh, oh, mama's here. Adek's here. Huh? Let me stop here and let me talk to them. No, 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 he goes on. In fact, he turns it around and says, you know, no big deal. So what? They're my mother. So what? Who's my real mother? Who's my real siblings? You. Who listen and you intend to obey. That's the thing. That's the thing I felt the Lord say to me. Don't one year in, one year out. No use. You're not going to bring fruit to maturity. And lastly, I want to cover this one. The fourth point, and I close with this. Verse 22. All of this is about listening. Huh? Last days, and we really, really need to know what's going to happen around the corner. Jesus coming soon. We don't know the day nor the hour. Only the Father knows. But we can tell from the season. We know summer's coming. We know winter's coming. We see the signs. We don't know exact day that summer starts or autumn starts. We don't know the exact day, but we can tell it's coming soon by the signs. Verse 22, on one of those days, Jesus and his disciples got into a boat. And he said to them, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they launched out. Alright? And as they were sailing along, he fell asleep. <laughs> Tired, man. Chape. And a fierce gale of wind descended on the lake and they began to be swamped and to be in danger. Now water gets in the boat and they're going to sink and then water will get into their mouths, into their lungs and they're all going to drown. <laughs> Alright. They came to Jesus and woke him up saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Really? Just water in the boat, man. <laughs> but you, you're already predicting you're going to die. You're going to drown. But anyway, they said, we're perishing. And he got up and he rebuked the wind and the surging waves. And they stopped and he became calm. So here he is sleeping and they shake him and wake up, wake up, we're dying, we're dying. And he gets up. Don't know if he rubs his eyes or not, but he gets up. And then he says to the wind, stop it. And they stop. He says to the waves, stop. 
and they stop. And that's amazing. That's your Jesus and that's my Jesus. He does stuff like that. <laughs> he specializes in that. Yeah. If you're in a situation where you really need him to intervene, he's there. <laughs> if you're in a situation where you really need him to intervene, like, like what's happening the last two and a half years? In the next two and a half years, who knows what's going to happen? All we know is wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines. I'm, I'm, I've been to America, did part of my training there when I was working for the oil company. Gasoline in 75, 50 cents. Are you from America? Are you from America? 50 cents a gallon, 1975. That's what I pumped. Now the world has changed. Supermarkets, chocolate block full of anything you want. Who could have predicted way back in 75 that in 2022, some shelves will be empty in America and no baby formula? Who could have predicted that? Back in 75. It's happening now. <clears throat> then he said, where is your faith? Verse 25. And they were fearful and amazed. First they were fearful that they will drown, they will die. Now they forgot the fear of dying. Now they got the fear of this man who can just calm the seas and the wind. Now they are tacot Tuhan. It's a good kind of fear. It's a good kind of fear. Man, who's this? Who's this? But I want to take us to verse 25 and I close with this. He said to them, Where's your faith? And I looked at it superficially, where's your faith? Looks like he's telling them off. Why did you wake me up? Huh? Why did you wake me up? Just because you got a crisis on your hands. Why you bother me? Let me rest lah. Huh? Catch out me for what? That's one level of seeing it. And then I asked the Lord to explain to me, what were you really trying to tell them that day when you said to them, where's your faith? Where's your, where's your faith? And then the Holy Spirit explained it to me like this. Remember what he said in verse 22? He said to them, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Remember that? Yeah. So here's what the Lord explained to me. He said, in your crisis, in your panic, in your stress, you possibly can forget the things he said. See that? You, you forget because of your panic, your crisis. And here's my fourth point. Remember everything that he says. It's my fourth point. Remember everything. Listen in, 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 inquisitively. 
listen with a good heart, listen intentionally with the intention to obey, but above all, listen and remember everything he said. So where's your faith is this? Didn't I tell you we're going to the other side? Didn't I tell you? That means we're going to the other side, lah. So big deal. There's a there's a there's a there's a storm. Big deal, water's in the boat. Big deal, you got COVID. Big deal, you got crisis. Big deal. Didn't I tell you we're going to the other side? Did I say we are going to the other side if there's no storm? Did he say that? Did Jesus say we are going to the other side if circumstances are favorable? We're going to the other side if we have money. We're going to the other side if there's no pandemic, no war, no famine, no earthquake. Then maybe, mungkin, we go to the other side. No. No. None of that. We're going to the other side. No matter what. So, what's your COVID? I'm not downplaying it. I know people have lost relatives. I know people have, have lost their health. I'm not downplaying it. This is real. I'm not saying it's rubbish. It's reality. The storm was real. He, he silenced the storm. So it was real. But what he's really trying to say is, Hey, Haran, jangan lupa. Don't ever forget, I said we're going to the other side. You see, Jesus is not like us, huh? You know, buddies get together and say, Hey, besok uh, we go to Kopeng lah. Or, you know, Wednesday, Rabu, you know, National Day. Let's, let's go down to Jogja, drive down there, turn around, come back, makan, come back. What you're really saying is, Yeah, maybe we'll go to Kopeng. Maybe we'll drive down to Jogja. Maybe we'll even go to Bali. Maybe. Maybe. That's what we say to one another. We have these plans, we talk, you know. And even when we make a plan, last minute we can just cancel the plan. But I tell you something, when Jesus said, we're going to the other side, means we're going to the other side. Are you getting this or not? I think this is the most important point of the four points. What he says, he's going to do it. No matter what. No matter what. My own life, my wife's testimony. I think I'm close with this. I wasn't planning to. Way back in 2016, six years ago, one day, out of the blue, the Lord spoke to me and He told me to pray. The Bible says in Romans, we do not know how to pray as we ought to pray, but the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. So the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, pray that God will not take my wife away. You know? Pray that she won't die. That's a strange thing for God to tell me. Put this on your prayer list. So I didn't dare to tell her. I didn't tell anybody, lest people think I'm crazy. You know? I mean, who thinks out of the blue, my wife may die? I pray that she won't die. I, I'm usually not a morbid kind of person, thinks all things are crazy. Anyway, so I started praying. You know, 
Oh Lord, you told me to pray, pray that my wife, you won't take her away. Few months later, we were up in Malaysia for some ministry. Then my wife says, oh, sakit, broad sakit, she's, she's got a pain. My wife has a high tolerance level for pain, but she told me, she said, I got to go back. It's very painful. So I said, uh, okay, we'll go back. Long story short, found out that she had cancer, third stage cancer, and some of her lymph nodes already had a cancer. Lymph nodes. That means the thing can spread. See, but I remembered, you see. That's my fourth point. Remember what he said. He said, pray, I won't take your wife. Amen? Meaning what? He doesn't want to take my wife. He knew there's cancer. I don't know there's cancer. He doesn't want. So I, I prayed. See, That was the confidence I have. Yeah, the doctor said, uh, third stage cancer, uh, you have to potong surgery immediately, he says. Immediately, he booked a theatre. And I had the reassurance because God spoke to me. You're going to go to the other side, no matter what. Third stage, fourth stage, cancer, whatever. Doesn't matter. So I still remember that night, they put her on the gurney, going to roll her into the operating theatre. And there I was taking a selfie with my wife. I mean, the guy pushing the trolley must be thinking, this guy is crazy, man. You know, and I told her, smile. And both of us, I still have it in my Google Cloud. <laughs> She's lying on the thing, she's about to be wheeled into the surgery, and say, smile, dear. Took a few selfies. <laughs> when he says, you're going to make it, you're going to make it. Can I hear an Amen. Jesus doesn't lie. And that's my wife now. Six years ago, cancer-free. I don't know where your other side is, whatever the thing is. But if he says to you, he's going to take you to the other side, you're going to be in the boat with him, and you can have the worst storm in your life, you can face the worst crisis in your life, it could be a medical, it could be cancer, it could be bankruptcy facing you, whatever doesn't matter you talk to your Jesus you hear your Jesus you obey your Jesus amen you're gonna be all right let us pray <laughs> father thank you thank you thank you for sending Jesus the first time 2,000 years ago Today we're in church and we are saved and we're born again. And our names are written in heaven. Thank you so much for this free gift. But Father, we know you're going to send Jesus the second time. This time to judge the world. And you said, we read it just now in Acts chapter 2. Anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's our responsibility now to tell our folks, to tell our family, tell our friends, tell our colleagues, tell our neighbors, tell everybody. People get ready. Jesus is coming. I thank you for the privilege of speaking to brothers and sisters here this afternoon. 
It's a heavy message, but it's necessary. Thank you for your great love for us, Lord. Really. All of this is not to scare us. All of this is to tell us you're going to be all right. Just hang in there and stick with Jesus. Don't let go. You're going to be all right. So I pray for all my brothers and sisters here in this hall. Starting today, Lord, speak to us big time. Soften our hardened hearts, our proud hearts, our distracted hearts, our greedy, ambitious hearts. Forgive us. And give us an honest heart and a good heart hear all the stuff that you want to say to us because your whole idea is to get us to the other side we may lose the boat <laughs> we may lose a few things <laughs> but we're going to get to the other side we're going to make it thank you Lord for your people bless them bless them in Jesus name Amen Daniel, you want to come and take over this thing? I do apologize for taking longer than you normally used to shorter sermons. <laughs>